So I am very excited. I'm also very nervous to be here in real life. I was like, I feel like preparing for a real life service is very different to one online where you can kind of make whatever mistakes you want and the boys very graciously edit you out and make you look like you've done this seamless one take number. But uh, so be kind to me. And if I just like look straight ahead, like I'm looking down a camera, that's 40 weeks of online church for you. So bear with me. But um, we're continuing our new day series uh, and into kind of like the middle of next month, we'll continue with this series. And today we are talking about a new day, a new provision, which seems um, really appropriate for now because even though it's not the first um, week of the year, it's our first week back at church and it feels like a really um, significant time to take the provision that God has. And we actually are opening the Bible today um, where Jesus does his first um, miracle or his first sign uh, for his ministry. And so I feel like as we start this new ministry of rejoining in person and moving forward into 2021, that we would be able to take this kind of like parallel and take it into our year ahead. So um, a lot of you may know the stories, Brian and Jean don't listen because it's when Jesus turned water to wine. <laughs> feel very inadequate jumping up after three amazing um, Salvo soldiers. But we're reading from John chapter 2, uh, verse 1 to 11. And it says, on the third day, there was a wedding at, Ca Ca how do I say that? Cana in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, which sounds very disrespectful, but it, it actually like it um, translates back to a kind, endearing word to, to his mother. He says, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. But his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. So now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And I feel like maybe just in my mind, but when I've always imagined this story, I think of like these water pitchers that are like this, like maybe like two or three litres. But these, these um, water pitchers that are used for purification are like up to 120 litres. And so transforming six of them, suddenly this, this wedding that was running out of wine suddenly had like six or 700 litres of wine. And I feel like when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, this story is insane. But Jesus said to the servants, he said, fill the jars with water and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw, out, draw some out and take it to the master of the feast, who was kind of like the MC at the wedding. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water now, had now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when, and when people have drunk freely, then they serve the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. And so let me just pray as we get into the message. God, we are so thankful that you show us stories like this that show um, the incredible nature of your transformation, Lord. And that just like you did to the um, disciples in this time, God, you manifest your glory so that we would believe in you, that we would be transformed, that we would be um, blessed and changed and um, made new because of what you poured out for us on the cross, Lord. Help us to uh, take the provision that you have for us. Let, let us take it into this day, into this week, 
and to into 2021, Lord. Let us change the world around us that is so desperate for hope and transformation and the assurance of um, renewal in Jesus' name. Um, so as I kind of reread this story, we see like the scene, The well, I guess like most of the passage is the scene being set up, right? Jesus, um, his mother comes to Jesus and then Jesus is working out how to do this miracle. And I feel like the kind of peak of it is um, when the MC or the um, host kind of guy um, is about to taste the wine. I feel like I can just imagine that the, like, you know, the um, wine is still being served in like, stone jugs kind of thing so it's not a glass thing where they've seen the water turn into a Shiraz or anything like that but they really didn't know what they were about to drink they knew that Jesus was doing something they knew that Mary had faith and they were about to see whether Jesus was doing what he said he was going to do and whether Jesus really was you know the son of God and this Messiah and have these powers that go beyond our natural understanding and I feel like you could just imagine them holding their breath as the servants took the drink to the master and he took a sip and then he called over the bridegroom and you can just imagine them being like, oh my goodness, he's just served them water. And that's not only just disrespectful, it's also in this kind of like um, honour and respect um, culture, it actually, they have a legal responsibility to be providing wine to the community. It's not just... um, you know, a faux pas kind of thing. And it's not just going to clear out the wedding. It actually has uh, impacts for this couple for the rest of their marriage and the rest of their union in their community. And so their reputation is on the line here. The rest of the night is on the line here and the disciples kind of lean in. But then the MC says, this is great. This is the best wine I've ever had. And you can just imagine the disciples looking at each other being like, he did it. He actually did it. And I feel like in that moment, I can just imagine Jesus looking at them with this like smile on his face with hope and assurance and you and just the thought of being like if you think that is good you just wait to see what I'm about to do and in verse 10 when the MC the M the MC is everyone fine if I just call him the MC because I kept getting confused with host master um the MC calls the bridegroom and his words are everyone serves the good wine first and when people have drunk freely then the poor wine is served but you have kept the good wine until now and in this moment, it's the disciples that it says in verse 11, they actually believed in Jesus and as they started their journey together. And as we start 2021 together, like I said, as those of us who have just turned up to church in the same way as the disciples turned up to this wedding with Jesus, may, we all may be along different stages of our faith walk, but God is providing us with these same two promises of hope and transformation that I want to unpack just a little bit as we um, delve into our first service of 2021 in real life. Um, And so like I said, only two things I want to go over today. And my prayer has been for you guys that you would just take what you need, that God is freely giving us the opportunity to take the provision into 2021. And so we learn first from that miracle, from that miracle moment where, where he tastes it and everyone's just heart just sinks, that we, we know there is actually hope for the future when we follow Jesus. And my awareness of what is happening in the world at the moment feels like we are not rich in hope without God at the moment. There is um, devastation on the news. There is restrictions to how we do life. There is um, a rise in mental illness. There is um, inequalities throughout. And yet 
we have hope in Jesus that surpasses all of that. And we actually see a glimpse of what I believe is the promises of the world versus the promises of God. You know, I feel like the world lures us in with this invitation of promises of self-fulfillment and you can live your best life and, you know, your best days are right now kind of thing. And I feel like those all just act as this thin veil um, that hides the truth of discontentment and suffering and frustration that we are always trying to get the best and then the world is simultaneously saying that as you get older, your days get worse, that the good days really are behind you. But this for us means that as we trust in God, the saying that says the best is yet to come is more than just an inspirational quote for us. It's actually an assurance for the future. When the world says that the best days are behind us, that your youth are the glory days, that you know it's all happening when you're young, when you're 20, when you're in your teens, all of these things. But as our body starts to decay, or even when the world seems to be falling apart, God meets us and promises to give us new refreshment and new joy. And we journey our whole life knowing that the best days are ahead of us. And what a countercultural promise that is, that as you are aging and as your body may be hurting and maybe you may, you may be suffering, you know with an assurance and a promise that the best days indeed are ahead. And, you know, I feel like um, as we kind of think about this hope, it may be morbid to think that the longer we live, the closer we are to our death, no matter what. And I feel like maybe if you came to church in real life today, you're like, well, that's terrible. I should have just stayed at home. But if you have that morbidity and that sadness and that heaviness, then maybe you don't really believe or understand the hope that lies ahead of us. And I feel like it's given me kind of new life into the scripture where the psalmist says like, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, maybe for us that's just not a season of life, the shadow of death. But maybe that means that as we walk through this valley of the few decades that we're on earth, Death is always shadowing us. And yet still in that scripture, God says that he is with us. And on those end days, as our life and our few decades start to expire, if we're lucky enough to get them, then we still are journeying towards hope. And in Isaiah, it says the Lord will host of those days. It says the Lord will host a rich feast on the mountains with plenty of food and the finest of wines. So if it feels like your life has been walking through valleys, whether that's season after season or whether that's just this season exclusively, take heart and know that God will always be drawing you up the mountain towards a feast of the finest wines and the, the most glorious foods to have a personal invitation to that. And as, as the host is like shocked to say, everyone serves the good wine first and then you get the dodgy wine after. That is not the truth for God. He pours out his best and then he pours out his best and then he pours out his best for us. There is no thinly veiled deception there. We, we walk towards hope. We walk towards an assurance that the future is brighter than the past. And I feel like that can be one of the most countercultural things that we do as Christians. When everyone else is like, oh, 2021 is not looking any better than 2020. Let's have the hope that is an assurance that the better days are to come. And we are walking towards them. We are closer to better days now than we were yesterday. That today is brighter than yesterday. Every single day as we walk forward, let's be a people of hope. As we learn in this story, it goes against the culture, but it goes, it goes and shows us an insight as to what the kingdom of heaven really offers us. 
And the second thing that I feel like we realise in this moment where he sips it and we actually realise that God has done a miracle and that is that Jesus has the authority and the desire to transform. And I feel like by now, maybe like a week a week into Jesus' ministry, he had about four or five disciples by then, they would be getting an understanding that Jesus had an interest or an affinity towards transforming things. You know, Jesus was a carpenter and now he's claiming to be the son of God. Peter's name was Simon and Jesus changed that. Nathaniel was a skeptic and now he's joining Jesus as a disciple at a wedding. And I feel like maybe in the back of their mind, as the master went to sip this wine, they would be thinking, yes, I know that Jesus can transform and he, you know, makes things change and things like that. But maybe all of those things are just through the strength of man. Anyone can start calling someone a different nickname or, you know, anyone can quit their job and have that life change and things like that. But for, for him to turn water to wine, gosh, is he actually going to do it? All of those things were done without super, supernatural intervention. But Jesus says to the servants in this story, he says for them to draw the wine straight away. There's no time for diluting the water, for fermenting the water, for um, quickly subbing out these 600 litres of mystery water. There's no time for that. But because Jesus said it, he willed it into being, that he transformed it into a different commodity altogether. It wasn't just water anymore. It was wine with an infinite value for the now and for the future. In fact, when, they, when the master says, he's like, this is like the best wine I've ever had. And Jim, Jesus simply willed it and it was done. And then he says later in Matthew that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And that last kind of um, sentence of the scripture where it says this um, is the first time that Jesus manifested his glory. That's what he's talking about. He's showing that he had been given the authority of God for all things heaven and earth, to change water into wine, to change Simon into Peter, to change a skeptic into a disciple. He has been given all authority in heaven and earth. And just as the authority had been given to Moses to draw water from the stone back in the book of Exodus, the same authority had been given to Jesus. And this was the moment in which he was manifesting his glory. And still, as we read this, we know that Jesus has the power to transform. And as we talk to fellow believers about miracles and about transformation, in our spirits, we are encouraged because God is manifesting his glory to his witnesses. And there is power in that. And so as we, have, um, we are kind of walking out of this season where direct contact may be limited or restricted, you guys know what I'm talking about. But share testimonies with one another and bear witness to one another because it builds faith. And it says the very last sentence is, and his disciples believed in him. Not because they were transformed at this moment, but because they saw the miracle of God transforming. And so as we enter this new year, from those two things, I encourage you to take what you need, like I said. If you find yourself sitting in, in church for this first time or maybe second time in 40 weeks or maybe this is your first time in four years and maybe you think that God has no interest or no ability to renew you, to transform you, to heal you, to make you something new in 2021, maybe you think that resolutions are just for people who post a great Facebook status, be reassured that our God is in the business of transformation. 
water to wine, death to life, crucified to resurrected. Through Christ, all of these things are possible. And so if you're sitting there aware of your own sin, maybe even aware of your own plainness, be assured that God can transform you to something supernatural, to something that blesses others, that something that is so valuable, is so precious, is the best people have ever encountered. And maybe you think that can't exist within me. Without Christ, it can't exist within you. We can try our best, we can work our hardest, but without God's transformation, we can never have that supernatural um, effect. And um, for you this year, let me, let me speak the scripture of Ezekiel 36, 26 over you. And it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And like the first point I made about um, having hope in the future of Jesus, if you find yourself in a place where you're lacking hope and things are looking demure and things are looking dark and maybe 2020 just bruised you and battered you and you feel like you're just stumbling your way into this new year, there's no, nothing resolute about you for this year coming up. You just want to get through and you just want to get through till next Christmas holidays where maybe we can go to the beach. But <laughs> let me remind you that God does not entice us with good wine. Maybe you think the best days are behind you. He doesn't entice you with good and then give us second best once we're actually in. He says that the best is always yet to come and that there are mercies that are made new every morning. That joy comes with a new day and he's, he is busy constantly preparing the perfect feast with the finest wine just for you. A table prepared for you despite the enemies that surround you. And for you this year... Let me give you the scripture from Romans 15 verse 13 that says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And that's what I hope for all of us Christians this year is that we would be full of hope that we would be full of joy, overflowing with joy, that we wouldn't feel like we're half empty or we're constantly on the edge of burnout or we face each new day just looking forward to the afternoon nap that maybe we have planned. So Romans 15, 13 is for you. And maybe you're sitting in here and you kind of like thrived through lockdown and you still saw all your friends and you're actually like kind of killing it at life and you know that God transforms because you've seen it and you believe in Him and you know that there's hope in the future because you're walking in it and you're walking towards God with this great faith. Then for you, I encourage you to take this into 21, into 2021. Um, we see through this story that the outworking of the miracle of God was a deep blessing to others. And we notice that no glory was given to Jesus from those who actually benefited from the miracles. Even when we consider who were probably like the most important people at the wedding, who they were the bride, the groom, the MC, we actually see that even though they benefited from the fruit of it, and maybe in the future, maybe in the future, when, you know, the whole world is changed and they see Jesus resurrected, they might think, oh my goodness, he was at my wedding. The 600 liters of wine, it's gotta be him. So maybe one day they'll look back and see that Jesus' hand was over their life, but they were actually totally oblivious to it. There was no um, praising, there was no hailing. Jesus didn't leave that meeting as a king, but the, he left the people better than when he came. 
And even though they weren't going to be giving Jesus the praise, and I love this, he still has a heart for them. I believe that when we allow ourselves to be transformed in the way the water was transformed to wine, that people will encounter us as Christians, as Christ followers, as redeemed people of God, and they will know that we are marked by the fruit of the Spirit. They will have delight when they meet us. They will walk away better than when they, better than before. We should be the best people they've come across. We should be loving. We should be joyful. We should be patient, kind, faithful to our word. People do not need to be preached at by strangers. And we learn this through this story. They need to taste and see that the Lord is good. And like Brian said, not just a little bit, but deeply changed. These people's, the bride and groom's reputation was restored. Their night was redeemed. They started off their wedding or their marriage with prosperity and hope for the future. And in fact, um, some scholars say that even that because there was such an abundance, the 600 litres of wine, that the married couple would be able to start their marriage by selling some of that good quality wine and walk into their, their marriage with a blessing and favour and prosperity amongst their community. And so they need to taste and see that the Lord is good so that one day they might have the same revelation that we have in been, that we have been invited into. And that is one that is not earned, but is freely given. So how, I don't want you guys to leave thinking that there's this pressure to be the best people that you've ever met, because the strength to do that is not ours to have. The only way that we can do it is by being transformed as the wine was. And Romans 12 verse 2 in the Passion Translation says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you, as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. And my encouragement to you is that you do as Mary said to the servants in verse 5. If this is you and you already believe that God has transformed you, that you already believe that you live for the God of hope, then do as Mary said in verse 5. He, she says, do whatever He tells you to do. She does this in faith and Spurgeon says of this verse, he says, when you are called to believe in him, believe in him up to the brim as the servants did. When you are told to love him, love him up to the brim. When you are commanded to serve him, serve him up to the brim. As the servants did with blind faith, knowing nothing but, but still living in obedience. So this year, as we move into 2021 of hopefully a full year of meeting in real life, Let's be Christians, let's be Christ followers who are deeply transformed like water into wine. Let's be unrecognisable from the inside out. Christians who are full of hope, who speak hope into other people, who outlay blessings generously upon, to, upon those around us with no expectation of glory to be given, given to us or glory to be given to God. Let's do it because we are transformed, because we have been blessed in abundance. 600 litres of wine at a wedding, that kind of blessing is upon us and within us. And let's outpour onto others to bring hope and to bring blessing and transformation into this world. Only through the righteous blood of Jesus, the ultimate transformation. We talk about the best days being ahead and you can imagine that even when um, Christ followers, hope would be stifled when Jesus was crucified on a cross, that the stone was covering where he was. And yet for three days, we see nothing. 
until the promises of God come to fruition, that God doesn't give 30 years of Jesus and that's it and then there's no good wine after that. He says that he outlays the best and then the best even more and that is what we have seen with the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And so the transformation comes through no strength of our own but through the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. So as we conclude, there's no coming forward for prayer, there's no touching anyone else but let me pray for you guys and we'll finish with a worship song God as we um, come to you as broken people that may not be full of hope that may not have received transformation or with an awareness that we need to be transformed even further God I pray that you would see our hearts And you would give us that same smile of assurance that you gave the disciples back in Cana, Lord. That you would say, watch what I'm about to do for you this year and into the future, God. I pray that we have spirits to receive the truth that the best is yet to come, that there is hope in the future and that there is true, transforming, restoring, redeeming power in the name of Jesus. Pray that as we consider that there were um, the guests were the important people that, and they weren't even the ones to see God's glory manifested, Lord. So as we sit in this congregation, Lord, and we think that we aren't important enough to see your glory, that you would speak directly to us, that you would minister to, into the hearts of those present today, God, and that you would transform us in whatever way you see fit, Lord, in as dramatic a way as water turns from wine, God, in a way that we cannot understand. Pray that you would give us new hope, new promises and a restoration of joy as we move into the new year, Lord. And I pray for every person who exists in our circle outside of this church that we would be able to pour out onto them, that we would be able to bless them richly, God, that we would be able to change their futures, to make their day, to have an impact that could never happen through our own strength or our own spirit, but only through the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. We give you all praise and all glory, Lord, as we see the authority of heaven and earth has been given to you. We bow down to you in surrender as we start this year, Lord, and we love you deeply. In Jesus' name, amen.